assalamu alaikum everyone uh, welcome to another uh, episode of uh, the warrant uh, another podcast by the research society of international law in today's uh, podcast we will be discussing the decision last week by the financial action task force to retain pakistan on its grey list and provide pakistan uh, with a new action plan uh, to comply with ye jo faisla tha it was a bit surprising uh for those working in this field in pakistan uh, experts and policy makers and academics um and frankly we are a bit disappointed as well uh, because we felt that pakistan had made substantial progress on this issue uh, provided a whole of government approach uh in the past 3 years made a lot of progress capacity wise technically effectiveness wise uh and to see and that is reflected in the fact that factif itself has started using much more positive language for pakistan acknowledging that we are making a lot of progress um and of the original 27 point action plan we are now deemed compliant on 26 points so only one point remains outstanding but we were still retained on the grey list and instead we were now we, we've now been provided six additional points to comply with so there is a sense right now a uh, uh, bit of confusion bit of turbulence bit of anger uh, we feel many feel in pakistan that the goal posts have been changed um, international processes ke upar sawal uthaye ja rahe hain there's a there's a sense and a feeling that this whole process is political inherently and that whatever pakistan may do uh, we might not be uh, we might still be found uh, short uh, of compliance and be required to do more um, so to unpack all of this because Uh, our objective at RSIL is to look at things objectively, impartially, um, and to kind of see what solutions can come out of it, what policy recommendations can come out of it. So, today's discussion, may we want to kind of go dive deep into what you know this whole process has been over the past three years. What does FATF now require of us? Where do we go from now? Is there challenges? What are Pakistan? What are opportunities? What are and generally also what is the big picture for international law how do we ensure accountability and transparency and acceptability of uh, global governance mechanisms or usme we think that fatif is a very interesting and a fascinating case study uh, and we'll dive deep into that as well so my name is jamal aziz i am the executive director at rsil and for today's discussion i'm joined by uh, ms noor fatma uh, who is our research associate uh, and resident expert on aml cft matters she has been closely following uh, this pakistan's journey uh, in this recent grey listing over the past 3 years and developed multiple publications and worked on different capacity building initiatives so i'm looking forward to an interesting discussion welcome noor thank you for having me sir so noor uh, what were the results of the june 2021 plenary and why did, did it catch pakistan by surprise so the results of the plenary like you summed up we were found compliant on 26 out of 27 action plan points and the one remaining uh, one outstanding point was we did not have enough convictions or enough uh, investig we could not demonstrate that our investigations were leading to successful convictions and of course this is the kind of point that will take time to demonstrate how effective our frameworks are uh so it was expected that we might not be fully compliant on this last 27th point however a lot of people were still hopeful that the fact of itself would realize this is not a goal that is achievable overnight mm-hmm. um and we were expected that we might come off the grey list however this last point was sort of expanded by the fatif and a new action plan was created a six point action plan and this new action plan moved away from the counter terrorism financing framework and addressed money laundering concerns so the new action plan the new six points that we now have to work on they focus on areas of international cooperation again demonstrating that the that that our ml investigations are leading to successful convictions and also ensuring that our financial sectors uh and all the regulated entities including uh, lawyers real estate agents uh jewelry personnel stuff like that dnfpps as we call them they are being successfully regulated 
So these are areas that Pakistan has been historically been a little bit weak on. And these are now the at the core and heart of the new uh, fat refaction plan. Okay, thank, thanks yeah. for that. Uh, yeah. So broadly, so our first podcast is in which we went into detail mm-hmm. uh, on what fat is, what this whole process is. And we'll put a link of, of that in this video yeah. as well so that those who are interested to know about the background can kind of uh, watch that podcast in more detail but for today's podcast as well i think it's important to kind of set the stage ke ye fatf ka ye process kya hai so yeah. broadly speaking to financial action task force it's not a convention based not a treaty based body mm-hmm. yeah. it's not something which pakistan ratified to be a part of but it's a, it's a watchdog which evolved mm-hmm. with a limited mandate in the late 80s mm-hmm. and globally grew to develop standards mm-hmm. on initially on money laundering and yeah. then on terrorism financing mm-hmm. and after 9/11 as the un security council chapter 7 framework kicked into high gear mm-hmm. uh, that those frameworks became entwined with the fatf recommendations and now through the security council chapter 7 resolutions it became binding on all countries to comply with the fatf standards right uh, and those we see are also now reflected in international conventions mm-hmm. in high level commitments and resolutions by multilateral bodies or yes. funding institutions like the imf and the world bank also now prioritize uh, you know implementing the fatf standards so hum dekh rahe hain ki even though it's an evolution of international law because pehle zamane mein treaties hoti thi treaty ko aap ratify karte the you would signal your intent to be bound by these commitments or fir treaty ke andar mechanisms hote the you could state your exemptions or exactly aap kehte the ki hum is treaty ke 40 articles hain in 40 articles ke 35 ke sath hum agree karte hain panch ke hamari reservations reservations us pe aap you know you would have बहस होती थी डिप्लोमेटिक वॉशिंग होती थी एंड देन देर यूज टू बी कमिटीज दैट यूज टू रिव्यू योर वर्क पीरियोडिकली एंड उसमें भी काफी स्पेस होता था फैटअप के केस में हम देख रहे हैं कि टेक्निकल स्टैंडर्ड्स हैं और वो इट इट डिमांड्स कंप्लायंस फ्रॉम प्राइवेट सेक्टर एज वेल एज पब्लिक सेक्टर एंड वॉट आई थिंक द ब्रिलियंस ऑफ those who have drafted and come up with these global frameworks is that they have seen that private sector is the main driving force which forces states to comply to unhone ye kiya ki unhone bola banks ko for example ki agar aap anti money laundering or counter terrorism financing ki obligations ko international obligations ko domestic apne internal processes mein nahi dalenge to fir banks pe regulatory fines billions of dollars ki lag jati thi so initially when i started happening in western states as well it sent it sent shock waves and it forced immediate compliance because private sector hai private sector ki to uh, you know there is the primacy the primal need of a private sector is to survive right. and to thrive right. right so if any framework comes up which under which there is a risk ki agar aap comply na kare to aap blacklist ho jayenge aapke upar fines lag jayengi regulatory violations ho jayengi uh, then the it suddenly beco- becomes much more Uh, the need to comply becomes real that's true that's uh, true. and that is i think the main uh, you know the efficacy of fatf comes in the fact ki agar ek mulk grey list pe hota hai to ek foreign investor bahar mulk mein agar wo invest karna chahta hai pakistan mein he has to comply with the due diligence additional due diligence requirements of investing in pakistan that's true if he doesn't do that to uske upar bhi fine lag sakte hain uske upar checks and balances bhi ho sakti hain or the banks through which he complies is am i getting that right you you are sir in simple terms the economic costs go up an investor who wants to invest in a developing country would rather much take his money to a different country where there aren't as stringent controls where he is not at the risk of paying extra fines where he doesn't need to do any additional work because there are other countries that are developing and they're mm. not on the grey list yeah and FDI foreign direct investment there be it's a separate uh, ball game but with the kind of uh, scrutiny that other financial institutions have any i i would say that any businessman or business entity in pakistan i would say that 
they have been affected by the FATF in some yeah. way. Yeah. Whether it's when they're importing or exporting or getting inbound, raw materials. Inbound, outbound, dono transactions ko upar ek filters lag jate hain. Filters lag jate hain. There are additional controls. There are lost contracts, frankly. Um, some estimates suggest that the economic losses could be in billions for Pakistan since 2018. So the cost of business goes up. Cost of business goes up. And uh, if any issue comes up, instead of being able to resolve it the the foreign investor or the foreign client whoever will just directly take his business elsewhere because no one wants to bear the bear the cost having said that yeah. pakistan mm-hmm. ki gray listing mein ek i mean agar hum objectively if we, you know if we step aside as pakistani citizens right. uh, if you look at it objective fatf ki mutual evaluation report hui thi i think the first one the, this the current gray listing cycle mein 2018 mein tha wo is 19 mein tha uh, it was conducted in 2018 yeah. and it was published in 2019 okay so, so usme wo mutual evaluation report was quite an eye opener yeah. uh, because usme unhone pakistan because fatf ki 40 recommendations hain which mm-hmm. require multiple things i mean it requires primarily aap chahte hain ki financial institutions ke upar checks and balances ho bilkul unke jo supervisors aur regulators ho usme ye aml aur cfd ke protocols ho uske alawa certain sectors jo high risk sectors hote hain private sector mein for jisko dnfpbs kehte hain what is dnfpb stand for these are designated non financial businesses and professions and they're traditionally seen as the gatekeepers uh, of the financial financial regime so for our purposes these include realtors real estate agents uh, jewelry and precious stones industry uh, इसके अलावा so these and are accountants though obviously they are they are advise they can play the role of advisors mm-hmm. or you know other thing as well and they are most well versed with money flows and how exactly. they go about so to ek to fatf ye require karta hai ki in logo ko bhi aap checks and balance regulate kare aur phir fatf ye kehta hai ki criminal justice frameworks jo hain you should be able to investigate detect mm-hmm. investigate prosecute mm-hmm. offenses of or violations of all of these anti money laundering terrorism financing laws so you yes, need to have yes. legal frameworks mm-hmm. that detect and penalize yeah money laundering and terrorism financing and then you need to have criminal justice processes and executive processes mm-hmm. which can investigate detect investigate prosecute and effectively adjudicate right. these offenses as well so agar aap pakistan ke case mein dekhe ऑब्जेक्टिवली स्पीकिंग तो हमारा जो टू थाउजेंड नाइनटीन म्यूचुअलोटल तो थी हमें पता था कि स्मगलिंग हो रही है नार्कोटिक्स से है रियल इस्टेट सेक्टर में वो है प्रॉब्लम है बट वी न्यू दैट देर वर वी डेंट रियली नो सेक्टर्स क्या है सो कैन यू एक्सप्लेन द रिस्क बेस्ड अप्रोच broadly uh sir the yes of course the mer looks at it's a it's a huge undertaking and mm-hmm. like i mentioned it takes a year to compile the report as well yeah. it looks at all the laws all the regulations that are currently existing sorry to cut you ye yeah. fatf assessment kaise karta hai unki team aati hai usme kaun log hote hain kya hota hai fatf this is part of that so mm-hmm. fatf ka whoever is a member of a fatf or a fatf style regional body jo hamare upar apply hota hai that's the asia pacific group apg jisko kehte hain apg which precisely. is based in australia right it's based in us headquartered yeah. in australia yeah. so they are required uh, yeah as part of because they are a member they will be evaluated and that's part and parcel of 
you know, being involved in the system. Uh, at present, more than 200 jurisdictions, pretty much the entire world is under the FATF regime. And evaluations have been scheduled. So experts from the local APG type body mm. and some uh, experts from the FATF secretariat, uh, a company and visit countries, they conduct on-site inspections, just a mutual evaluation report, result mutual evaluation. So when they came to Pakistan, they would have met financial institution regulators. They would have met, yes, you know, yes. key ministry mein log, ministry mein log, criminal uh, justice processes. Log. Exactly. Crimin criminal side baby. And also, uh, meeting with regulators, hmm. meeting with the state bank, the SECP, or federal and provincial entities, federal provincial entities, uh, and they conduct an assessment of all the rules, all the laws, every single notification that has been passed, a very thorough, deep analysis. And also cases that have been generated under those laws. Yes. So they will also legal side, legal compliance, and then they look at statistics. They look at how many convictions have happened, how many cases are underway, that sort of thing. Hmm. So... They're so it's a very in, intrusive kind of a process as well. It's intrusive and it's all it's it just doesn't look at the laws, it looks at the policy element as well. Kya aapki policies kya kya hai. Or unki effectiveness bhi dekhti hai. Unki effectiveness. Pe wo technical or effective compliance wali so FATF has multiple they have a technical framework and yeah. then they think it's effective hai ki nahi hai. So exactly. there are different metrics for judging, gauging technical efficacy, right. and there are different metrics for gauging effectiveness Effective, yeah. you know that the law is laws hai. Aur, so objectively speaking we know that in Pakistan mein, whoever works in the law and policy sphere mm -hmm. we know that our laws are but wo implementation ka issue hai. talk shows bhi aap ko dekhe, point hota hai ki, ji, law hai, magar implementation hai, exactly. effectiveness hai. Exactly. so objectively we do know the mutual evaluation report which Pakistan so for example in 2006-7 we didn't have an anti-money laundering act hamare yeah. anti-terrorism laws mein terrorism financing adequately defined nahi thi hamare ki idare nahi the you know financial monitoring unit type idare nahi the uh, structures nahi the wagaira so those were arguably lesser but 2019 mein 2018 mein but we are not seeing implementation of that your mm -hmm. investigation your cases on money laundering result almost always in acquittals yeah. i think there was some crazy statistic ke humne, i don't know what was the period but 2420 cases the on uh, registered under money laundering uh, head mm -hmm. and usme ek conviction yeah, yeah. so unhone bola ke aap jab taftish karte hain to aap financial intelligence nahi use karte exactly. aap apni outdated police and they said all of them are broadly the same Har kism ka case, ek kism ka hai. Mm -hmm. every the language is the same the processes are the same the methods are the same so unhone bola ki taftish aapki weak hai prosecutorial capacity aapki nahi hai to do specialized investigation mm -hmm. judges judges ko samajh nahi hai in procedures ki yeah. uh, you know so and they're not capable of dealing with complex cases humne dekha pakistan mein kitne high profile money laundering cases hui hain mm -hmm. which have resulted in kind of confusion everywhere to ek to unhone kya baaki unhone kya unke major financial regulatory side pe kya issues the noor and what were the, uh, the their their views on rd and fpb sector sir i would actually say ke the fatf revises its methodology as well and in the MER, they didn't just say that your effectiveness is not They also said that technically bhi you have huge gaps hmm. where people can, you know, they can just get out of the system and they can exploit the system. Hmm. So technically, we were also found deficient, but effectiveness was also a key concern area. Hmm. And on top of that, there were entire categories where our compliance was, we, we did not have anything. We have, there were voids. In Matlab, the, for example, that yeah. real estate, like in Pakistan, if you yeah. want to be a real estate agent, 
you can just become one you can become one there you is no license there is no regulatory framework there is no training there is no way of detecting if a client is coming to you as a mm. realtor you are now expected to see if this is this person giving me laundered funds are yeah. these proceeds of crime i should report them or agar aap sath koi fraud bhi ho jaye to there is no real mechanism accountability Precisely. for the go yeah. uh yeah. same goes for jewelers same goes for jewelers you can just open a jewelry shop yep pretty yeah. much that's it you just have to apply for matlab mm-hmm. other than the tax and like those kind of regulatory checks there's no technical checks on you there's no technical checks and these we did not have any laws at that time yeah we also international cooperation may we did not have any mechanisms in place we just had our one extradition act hmm. or wo kis tarah se utilize hoti thi vakeelon ko bhi um, aap dekh le vakeelon ko bhi like you know you have the bar councils but yeah. are they effective how much do they hold their members to account exactly, uh, exactly. एंटी मनी लॉन्ड्रिंग और टेरिज्म फाइनेंसिंग कितने लॉयर्स को ट्रेनिंग है उसके ऊपर सर वो तो बेसिक लेवल पे बात नाउ द अभी तो वर जस्ट सेइंग के दीस आर द लॉज दैट वर नॉट देयर बट देन द फैक्ट इट इज लाइक इन स्टिल इन दीस लॉज एंड ऑन टॉप ऑफ दैट इंश्योर रिस्क बेस्ड असेसमेंट्स हो रही हैं इंश्योर रिकॉर्ड कीपिंग हो रही है इंश्योर रिपोर्टिंग एसटीआरस फाइल हो रही है एसटीआरस फाइल हो रही है एंड देन ऑन टॉप ऑफ दैट द आइसिंग ऑन द केक इंश्योर दैट योर अथॉरिटीज आर implementing these ki jo nahi kar rahe hain ye jo violators hain unko unko sanctions pad rahe hain unko jail terms mil rahi hain to ye ye gaps the there were significant gaps so ye to hum objectively is side pe aa gaye ki theek hai there were pakistan was found wanting aur uski basis pe unhone 27 point action plan banaya 27 point action plan mein you know there was regulatory aspects there were criminal justice aspects a major point of the action plan was our ability to apply targeted financial, financial sanctions, sanctions. Yes. on un designated entities now this is a very uh, hot topic of contention because or isme thodi si analysis ki bhi zarurat hai the context i think it's important for uh, you know the viewers also to understand ke agar aap ek process dekhenge two mumbai attacks ke baad khas kar 2000 you know around 2008 onwards all the way up to 2018 19 pakistan ke upar significant pressure tha to take action against non state actors mm-hmm. and we saw the indians apply a very heavy ek because mumbai happened pathan court uri pulwama these different incidents took place and at this point us pak relations also went through a turbulent period salala and all of these different incidents pakistan itself was in a flux mm-hmm. you know transition from a military regime into democracy and all the issues lawyer movements and different institutions asserting themselves the mm-hmm. 18th amendment had taken place in 2010 right, right. massive devolution mm-hmm. which was quite chaotic the whole process has been chaotic yeah. so we suddenly went through a period in two, around 2010 onwards jisme hum international spotlight pe bhi aa gaye you know because earlier in the war, war on terror 2001 2 mein we were you know you know we were the partners which the west wanted states. frontline states mein yeah, the yeah. you know uh, uh, Pakistani government and everyone was in you know the darling of the west for a certain period of time thoda sa hamari upar wo thi you know a lot of aid flowing in lot of different things but suddenly we we found ourselves in a situation where we were now being accused of state sponsored terrorism pressure started applying relationship started withering away we started being perceived negatively by western powers as well and it coincided with a period where our own डोमेस्टिक प्रोसेसिस वर इन अ फ्लक्स वही बात कि एटीनथ अमेंडमेंट पता ही नहीं था लोगों को कि ये चीज़ फेडरल डोमेन में आती है कि प्रोविंशियल डोमेन में आती है लॉयर्स मूवमेंट चल रही थी देर वॉज अ डिसकटेंट विद द वे थिंग्स आर जजेज वर अजर्टिंग दमसेल्स मेकिंग वेरी यू नो ट्राइंग टू उस टाइम पे वी सॉ अ डिसकनेक्ट इन आर स्टेट इंस्टीट्यूशन एंड सडनली देर वॉज प्रेशर एंड वी वर नॉट एबल टू effectively argue or deal with the different pressures that are coming in so ek ek uh, image ban gaya ke pakistan state sponsor of terrorism hai and it's not taking action against un designated entities we saw certain entities hafiz saeed maulana masood azhar lakhir rahman lakhvi jud wagaira wagaira inki listing ho gayi 
security council may be so they became un designated terrorist so every action like every rally that went out every acquittal that the state was grappling with it through detention orders which were being challenged in the high courts mm-hmm. the judges were asserting themselves ke nahi why should we comply with international law what is 1373 what is 1267 hum to kanoon pe chalenge hum to us pe chalenge and we didn't evolve our processes na humne mutual legal evaluation ko samjha na humne so ek pressure aaya so how do you think all of this ties in with then the gray listing as well because suddenly mm-hmm. so for a lot of time pakistan ke upar pressure tha do more do more convict prosecute and then that went quiet mm-hmm. no one asks right now ke mumbai pe kya update hai logo ki kya and suddenly the process changed and it became fatif oriented mm-hmm. and it became broadly to take action do you think this analysis of mine i'm just clutching at straws here or there <laughs> is uh, there is some truth to it i you you're tracing i mean you're connecting fatif uh, in you situating it into the broader global world order and also yeah. rising states like india and their prominence economically yeah means that they are able to sort of get their way with international institutions as well mm-hmm. whether that was part of their political goals or mm-hmm. not that's a, again a completely different debate but we have to understand that we cannot also look at factor in isolation mm-hmm. uh, it is part of a global uh, global governance body in the factor secretariat there are 40 around less than 40 countries and mm-hmm. india is a member there as well yeah. so we see that and this is the plenary this is the body that makes the decisions to gray list or put pull out of the gray list yeah. so these geopolitical considerations are relevant and they will be relevant and they always have been in fact but the international they law always has always have. been you know used uh, as an instrument of statecraft That's uh, right. it we feel that you know mm-hmm. as practitioners we hum to kehte hain ki international ka bada scope hai mm-hmm. for cooperation for bringing people together for best practices mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. no doubt it has always you know advanced states have always used it to mm-hmm. have always leveraged it to their advantage that's true but what's interesting to see is that um india when it for example or any country i would also add china to the list when they begin to rise in prominence uh in the global order they co-opt themselves and become part of these institutions mm-hmm. and that is something that pakistan needs to learn as well especially at this point where it seems so far fetched hame abhi humne itna progress kiya hai phir dobara gray list mein dal diya all of that mm-hmm. but this is the strategy that i feel we should apply we should learn from our neighbor neighboring countries mm-hmm. and see how we can express ourselves on the international level have our narrative heard mm. i personally feel and also this is something that fatif also has backed up uh, technically we're now compliant on 31 out of 40 recommendations as mm. per the fatif report mm. yani technically hamare ab laws ban gayi hui hai in mm. implementation karni zaruri hai mm. that in itself is should be a success story mm. and pakistan should assert itself in a way internationally mm. that our narrative should be frankly that we not only defeated terrorism we've also tackled this ambitious uh, action plan that the fatif handed to us mm. and now we are committed to performing well on the remaining points as well mm. and no country has ever done that mm. and we we want we should be signaling our willingness to be a part of this so mm. that eventually pakistan can become a part of the fatif secretariat and achieve its whatever state objectives or goals internationally diplomatically i think well. those, those are some excellent points i mean yeah. that is what we at rsi have been trying to portray because hamara yeah. ever since you know we just uh, we've been around for 30 years now and our mission from the very beginning has been you know to promote a responsible pakistan now responsible pakistan means a pakistan which is aware of its international obligations mm-hmm. uh, and which can contribute to the development of these global processes i mean right. we don't want to be a country which is a pariah state which is signaled out for you know uh, you know arm twisted into compliance but we mm-hmm. want to actually showcase this tarah aapne bola ourselves as a success story that right. we took on this challenge because mm-hmm. ye jo 27 point action plan hame mila mm-hmm. june 2018 mein it required far reaching reforms which politically were very difficult jo bade arse se structurally problematic thi structurally there was resistance to all of these different things khaskar hum criminal justice field pe kaam karte hain right. you know 
couple of years ago just the fact that you you know using video link was frowned upon exactly criminal yeah. procedure code hamara is you know 1898 ka criminal procedure code hai hamara uh, we know ki uske andar issues hain we know ki uske upgrade but mm-hmm. there is always this you know status quo preserving and you know entities or पीपल पूछेंटिकलिंग it it provided us the political impetus to do to enact those mm-hmm. reforms you know the mla act for example you know we didn't we've been wanting and advocating on mutual legal assistance for years yeah, yeah. now it's become a mm-hmm. international legal compulsion on us right. so as part of this effort uh you know i want to highlight uh this report that we released in uh, this month in june 2021 jisme humne independent ek assessment ki thi on how because if fightif ke jo 40 points the we independently assess them and what pakistan did and then we kind of looked at what other countries yes. also did as well so can you explain our methodology briefly noon yes and so, what what did we find so of course so this report by the way is available on our website rsilpark.org so uh, just to very very briefly sum up this 150 page report um the fatif looks at 40 technical recommendations that basically do we have these laws rules in place or not that's the only thing that the fatif looks at when we say technical compliance um in this report we have looked at these 40 recommendations that revolve around what is the nature of our money laundering and terrorism financing offenses uh do we have transparency provisions in place what are the nature of the sanctions that can be applied by the financial sectors and other authorities how are our um law enforcement agencies and other authorities function- functioning do they have the required powers or not international uh, cooperation ke frameworks hai nahi hai also preventive measures this is something that i wanted to highlight because the financial and we mentioned the private sector earlier as well preventive measures basically means that before money laundering or proceeds of crime can be placed into the system we have measures in place that can detect these things and uh, cases can be initiated just upon those and these involve at times very simple things and this is where you don't just need the government you need the private sector on board so for example if you have a customer coming in you should be able to conduct due diligence to see where is this person coming from are they connected to a political entity or not for example are there mm. proceeds of crime involved or not are they part of the un designated uh, are they designated by the un for example mm. these kind of measures and this is where in our report we found that pakistan really upped its compliance mm. uh we i it's also it forms the largest chunk of the 40 recommendations as yeah, well yeah so around 20 or so recommendations i think humne hum aaj jo re-rating thi humne we deemed pakistan compliant fully compliant on 10 yeah. uh, largely compliant on 24 mm-hmm. partially compliant on 6 yes. and non compliant on 0 yeah. uh, now out of 40 out of 40 yes and yes. i and, or it's 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 imp- uh, and and it was interesting because fatif's follow up report came out Uh, days week, days uh, after we had uh, published days after just three or four days afterwards and we were happy to see that it they, they were, we were broadly aligned and in fact uh, in many cases hum we were we were rating pakistan more stricter yeah. or more stringently That's than fact if did as well then the fact if did as well isme interesting hum ek cheez ye thi that we looked at the laws of several other of countries mul- multiple uh, other humne fatif ki jo mutual evaluation process hai mm-hmm. that is available online open source material tha yep. all of our research was open source so nothing yes. of this is secret documents it was just based on <laughs> hours and hours of online research uh, yes. but we saw ki bangladesh bhutan tunisia iceland iceland yep. in ke what were the different processes they were subjected to right 
उन्होंने कौन से सो इफ देर इज टेक्निकल रिकमेंडेशन नंबर ट्वेंटी सेवन फॉर एग्जाम्पल आई एम जस्ट रैंडमली यूजिंग पे तो उस पर हम देखते थे कि आइसलैंड अगर ग्रे लिस्टेड था mm-hmm. उसमें प्रॉब्लम्स थी तो वट वर दो वट लॉ दे पास टू गेट ऑफ द ग्रे लिस्ट और हमने फिर क्या लॉ पास किया उन लॉज के बीच में क्या सिमिलैरिटी थी वॉज इट स्ट्रक्चरली ब्रॉडली द सेम इन मेनी केसेज वी फाउंड कि पाकिस्तान वेंट बियॉन्ड वट the other countries had done yes yes and was found by fatf to be compliant as well then exactly but fir so, bhi aap gray list pe reh gaye so uh-huh. isme i want to now dove because we yeah. can talk about fatf and the technical things for a long time but thodi si abhi siyasi baaton pe aate hain political <laughs> wo, uh, i think those listening to the podcast would be also zoning out with our technical uh, top discussions mm-hmm. uh, अगर ये बिकॉज पिछले दिनों से हम ये देख रहे हैं जब से फैसला आया है व्हाट्सएप पे लोगों ने चार्ट्स बनाई है पोस्ट्स बनाई है फॉरवर्ड एज रिसीव पोस्ट्स आ रहे हैं लोगों ने ये देखा है इन अ सिंपलर फॉर्म यू नो इन एन अवामी फॉर्म फॉर्मेट के ये रिक्वायरमेंट्स थी आइसलैंड की बांग्लादेश की हॉन्डूरस की फलाना की उनकी फॉलो अप कम्प्लाइंस रेटिंग ये है इन मैनी केसेज वी आर यू नो फाउंड वी हैव मच हायर कम्प्लाइंस नाउ Yes. then other countries which are in the white list white list is not even a term that exists but theek hai delisted ha they are delisted but chale let's for the sake of discussion just use white list countries you know so white list mein bahut is tarah ke mulk hain jiski ratings technically kam hai humse action points hamari compliance hogi hai 26 out of 27 but still we are in a gray list and now we have new points theek hai understood ki ये नया पॉइंट भी जो एक्शन पॉइंट आया हमें पता है कि कॉपरेशन में हम वीक हैं हमें पता है कि नए एक्शन पॉइंट्स में रियल एस्टेट सेक्टर इज अ मेजर एरिया फॉर मनी लॉन्ड्रिंग ठीक है उसके ऊपर फोकस है एमएल इन्वेस्टिगेशंस पे फोकस है और यूएन डेजिग्नेटेड एंटिटीज के खिलाफ हमने एक्शन लेने हैं ठीक है वी नो दीज आर आर वीकनेसेज बट देर आर दी आर्ग्यूमेंट इज मेड इंक्रीजिंग मैं यू नो आई एम कंसिडर्ड फैटअप यू नो someone who follows fatf closely mere se hamesha sawal pucha jata hai drawing room discussions mein you know you know uncles and others they say ke or you know military officials or political officials or bureaucrats mm-hmm. or family members even ke you know tax havens hain puri duniya mein that's true that's true we know ke money laundering happens on a much bigger scale in you know several countries all over the world uh, then countries like afghanistan and you know सीरिया की तरह जिनके में तो कुछ भी नहीं है कोई प्रोसेस नहीं है वो ग्रे लिस्ट पे नहीं है ब्लैक लिस्ट पे नहीं है तो हम हैं सो इज इट लिंक टू यू नो जियो पोलिटिकल कंसिडरेशन इज द यू एस ट्राइंग टू आम स्ट्रॉन्ग इन टू समथिंग और इंडिया की अलायसेस को वो कर रहे हैं या द बेस्ट इज यू नो फ्रांस इज सिग्नल मतलब लोग कहते हैं कि फ्रांस हमारे खिलाफ Uh, is trying to give us pressure mm-hmm. whatever whatever i mean i'm not going into i'm not endorsing their view right i'm not but there is an argument so what do we say to that like what is the response i think that's that's interesting there's always when we look at it from that perspective when mm-hmm. we just like listen to all of this it yeah. it does sort of lead one to think that okay there's this is is it discrimination happening against pakistan is it yeah. that are there some other uh, you know ulterior motives in play and mm. we're being sort of manipulated into something yeah. uh there that's a perspective out there and i would say that rather than just wallowing in that mm. uh in in that frame of mind because once we start thinking along those lines we stop progressing ourselves victim mentality ban jati victim mentality ban jati hai and we just don't we don't commit to fixing the problem as much as we would have before so i would highlight these as weaknesses of fatf as an organization mm. that it it puts itself forth as a global governance body and standards based standards based technically oriented however it is weak enough that it cannot withstand its own political uh, political compulsions, compulsions or uh, considerations that mm. can factor into decisions that's very so, that's a, that's a, that's a very well articulated <laughs> it it, it response, happens huh? with a lot of mm. organizations and i think that's why it's critical to begin studying global governance bodies because ese bodies they have the power to strong arm countries into passing laws and yeah. 
conducting these you know intrusive kism ki inspections and and passing judgment on countries and their frameworks and also forcing other countries to take actions against uh i, I, I think those, countries. those are some fantastic points yeah. that you just highlighted yeah. i also want to unpack some of them for my own end mere liye to ye dekhiye we have been working rsl has been operating for 30 years and i've been working in this space for 10 years you know you you are also now uh, rapidly you know you've actively been working for several years on this field hum hamara maqsad to ye hai in a country which is inherently skeptical of international law yes. which inherently lacks capacity in international law na hamari wo sophistication hai na hamari wo you know pedigree hai in research or in academia in this area as an entity that believes again firmly that international law offers a lot to the world mm-hmm. offers a lot to pakistan in terms of cooperation whether it's in trade climate change anti money laundering ct human rights mm-hmm. wagaira mm-hmm. we genuinely think that there is it it provides the best scope for cooperation and the best model currently mm-hmm. for cooperation yeah. uh, that we have hamare liye bada mushkil ho jata hai because decisions like this which are overtly political which have a very matlab which have a very strong political Nature. kind of bias to it yeah. uh, or where it which are difficult to defend objectively chale is tarah keh rahe which are difficult to de- defend from a objective legal standard based thing mm-hmm. uh, it becomes difficult for us because then it it reduces or fill, waters down the efficacy of our overall message That's you know true. if we are saying if international law is for cooperation and you know mm-hmm. you know let's invest in this then pakistan may the naysayers mm-hmm. of which there are the majority then yeah. they will say yeah. it see it purely ki okay factif did this and they won this round but let's you know securitize this or bhi is cheez ko hum is space ko reduce kar denge reduce the space for discussion mm-hmm. and certain select entities will start looking at this mm-hmm. purely in a pakistan versus india forum or or usme hum phir we are more likely to become reductive reductive yeah. make yeah. mistakes and reduce our policy space That's rather true. than making the argument ke pakistan is willing to engage with the world mm-hmm. let us battle it out legally let us battle it out on standards mm-hmm. let us give our perspectives then it will become you know just a you know tit for tat kind of actions fir hum bhi bolte hain ki ji unki aap kar le you know india ki mutual evaluation afghanistan ki mutual and it becomes kind of like a using it to pull people down right right having said that we do we would be naive to think generally with this emerging rivalry between china and the us it's no longer it's the world is moving away from uni you know a unipolar world um with the rise of china with the rise of the eu with the rise of russia with the rise of india uh, you're going to see global institutions become weaponized they will become That's the true. battlegrounds for mm-hmm. geopolitics for geoeconomics aur ye cheeze aapko ye divide aata rahega i i even feel that parallel institutions will start developing you know seo alternative, alternative frameworks, frameworks yeah, because yeah. un be deadlocked hai mm-hmm. it's unable to resolve the pressing issues of our time mm-hmm. palestine is a case in point we know ki uske andar legal matlab kashmir is also a case in point others bhi hain you know the mm-hmm. climate change pe deadlock hai paris mm-hmm. agreement pe wo cheeze hain so where's the us especially under donald trump really you know it, it was a jolt because wo leadership we saw it missing mm-hmm. institutions are going to develop they're going to be weaponized mm-hmm. they're going to be political or fatif ki tarah aur bhi aayenge So so this is and I what you're saying is absolutely right but my perspective is this necessitates us studying these institutions even mm. more because this means that institutions like the fatif yeah. they have loopholes that other countries are exploiting to achieve their geopolitical objectives yes why are we not using that yeah. why do we not have that standing so i i would i would uh, loopholes is one approach mm-hmm. that's correct so that that is more of a weapon like you're saying that we can contribute to the you know mm-hmm. understand that this is a strategic threat yeah yeah and respond yeah. and that's totally fine mm-hmm. that you know that is what is being done ek aur cheez jo hum ye bhi kar sakte hain is that you know we can become the same voice yes. the bridge mm-hmm. you know because pakistan will remain economically a country you know at least for the next 30 40 years which cannot play on the same 
field as China or the US of or the Westerners. So, you know, we are, so we can become the voice or the leading voice as we used to be in mm. the 60s and 70s for, yeah. you know, the rest of the world. Mm. Okay. Fine, you're going with these processes, but let's call for accountability of these processes. Yes. You yes. know, whether it is FATF, for example, we know that FATF has unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. Financial inclusion has problems. Hai hai. Yes. NGOs yes. globally have problems. Hai. And that actually necessitated FATF for the first time this year mm -hmm. to actually publicly on their website issue a call for you know insight all over the world problems face and how do we kind of tackle it right, and we've right. seen entities like Rusi and uh, the, 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 uh, in the UK issue papers arguing that fatif policies have to be kind of tweaked or changed because unintended consequences yeah, that, yes. actually too much regulation is forcing people out of the financial sector, sector even or more or yeah. emphasis it towards the black economy Exactly. Right. So, exactly. Istara, we do know that these processes are not sacrosanct. They're not what they're evolving. Yeah. And Pakistan should be playing a role to call out processes mm -hmm. which are unfair, mm -hmm. which are not accountable, which are not transparent, mm -hmm. which are, you know, where there is the greatest risk for political maneuvering. Yes. Because otherwise, cooperation kaise hogi? I mm -hmm. mean, how are we going to cooperate on climate change, mm -hmm. which affects all of us mm -hmm. if the rules are not understandable and fair to everyone how are we going to integrate on health security or on cyber on you know multi you know maritime issues and trade and all of these things uh, economic corridor development if we don't have kind of fair processes so this is i think an evolution i think aap jo baat kar rahe hain zaruri hai pakistan rather than wallowing in a victim mentality yeah. let us try to understand it better let us see this disc this setback as a let us i think it should strengthen our resolve to study these things mm -hmm. even more develop even more capacity this is what rsil wants is is trying to do mm -hmm. it's that's what our objective is as well kill arm logo ko samjhaye academia mein military mein civilian setup mein political setup mein mm -hmm. they need to understand these processes because our talking points are getting have gotten outdated that's true. Diplomatic That's true. talking points, they're falling on deaf ears. I think it's also important to emphasize that the only way we can make our voice heard or yeah. have people listen to us when we call out these things is if we actually establish ourselves as international responsible members of the international community. Yeah. Is and in order to get there, again, it's like a cyclical thing. Yeah. Work on these areas, yeah. implement them the yeah. way you've been asked to implement co-opt yourself into the global world order. I remember studying this thing earlier um, with the rise of China, for example. In the beginning, it didn't really seek to create any parallel frameworks. Rather, it mm. was working in the existing UN framework. It mm. was existing uh, working within the existing WTO frameworks. Mm. Uh, even with FATF, we see China is a member of every big multilateral organization. Yeah. And the idea was that you have to co-opt yourself into the world because creating a parallel system is costly and countries often do not want to bear the cost. It's easier for them to mm. simply say, yes, I'll be a part of this thing rather mm. than, no, I want to create something completely different. Mm. That was 20, 30 years ago. And now yeah. China's uh, China's long-term objectives, of course, may be changing with the Belt mm. and Road Initiative. Yeah. I'm not an expert on Chinese politics. I can't, yeah. can't talk more about that. But just the approach is such that it gave China and it also helped us in a way that yeah. we have China's backing on these international exactly. forums. Exactly. So, I mean, we should be posturing and putting ourselves in that position so that when we say something, we are actually heard. Why have we not been engaging with international bodies hmm. like other countries have been? Hmm. Why are we not being proactive in that sphere? We do know that our missions in legal capacity. They don't right. have you know input from legal experts on it you know our diplomats are excellent but right. they're you know they have to they they have to grapple with increasingly technical issues technical right. challenges right. which require technical input backend ministries academia ya think tank culture hai, jahan se they can pick out exactly. specialist input so right. all of this i mean we can i think we're running short of time here right. as well but 
you know they're part of a it's part yeah. of a huge debate it's we part can, of a huge debate but i it's mean like, but it's capacity 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 hmm. and if we build that capacity i think that the the capacity should be built with a noble objective yeah. to contribute to the issues mm-hmm. which humanity is facing mm-hmm. so pakistan is a country which wants to understand these issues reflect on it and contribute mm-hmm. especially on as a voice for the developing countries as well right. which right. is the role which we used to play mm-hmm. 50 years ago but at the same time if a strategic challenge arises or if a hostile state tries to weaponize mm-hmm. those institutions or weaponize those processes that enhanced capacity gives you that leverage exactly. or that understand to detect that challenge mm-hmm. and to timely respond to it in an effective manner right. i mean right. yehi hamara fatif experience hai 3 years ago we were on the back foot mm-hmm. i think now we have more you know there's more strength in our arguments because we have done a lot mm-hmm. we have done a lot if we do more on this mm-hmm. you know again they dreaded do more word yeah. that should only improve our own talking points mm-hmm. that will only improve our own acceptability and diplomatically mm-hmm. reputationally uh, make us more uh, uh, solid and just to sort of um, like go back to the fatif argument we see that the fatif is also willing to hear what how what yes. the impact that it's been having with the rusi report that you yes. mentioned yeah. and the call for other reports yeah. the thing is we need to exploit these we need to not exploit but we need to cash in on these opportunities yes. we need to make sure that our voice is heard and we need to respond to these things rather than leave ourselves and think that theek hai we're just impl- implementing the action plan we're doing this let's just stick to that let's not ruffle other feathers yeah. if there are opportunities of holding such organizations accountable we need to study again goes back to study the organizations yeah. study how you can and write them on them and write on them yeah. develop academic capacity in these yeah. areas and get our point across exactly so, capacity building for even our academics as well mm-hmm. because we always talk about criminal justice reforms our investigators nahi mm-hmm. acche uh, they need to be yes, need to absolutely. be retrained or judges need to be retrained i feel like our academics need to be retrained yeah uh, we need to reorient our, our universities have to focus on these areas on global yeah. governance international relations um task force bodies how we can become how we can co-opt ourselves into the global existing global regime absolutely so, yeah. thank you noor thank, thank you so you, much for your insight it's always yeah. fun to have a discussion on uh, these issues uh, for the viewers mm-hmm. listening to this if you have uh, an interest in this or you feel that you can contribute to the work that rsil is doing in this uh, we will welcome your input your suggestions your feedback please write to us uh, and please uh, visit us and engage with us uh, because again ye ek whole of nation Approach. response approach and we should not just be dependent on the government uh, on state institutions they are already plagued with so many challenges and capacity issues and you know workload issues uh, i feel that this is something which every citizen pakistani who can contribute in a technical capacity uh, in getting our viewpoint across or on working on getting these frameworks implemented better Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is something which is an obligation on us as citizens. It's a moral obligation. It's a religious obligation, uh, and ultimately, I think it will yield dividends for all of us. That's the hope, sir. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank, Thank you. you.